This teaching comes to you from the team at St Mark's Darling Point, Sydney. We hope that it blesses you. Hi, welcome to St Mark's Darling Point. My name's Tim Escott. Let's pray as we look at God's Word together. Our Father, we thank you that you've spoken to us through your Son and by your Spirit. And we pray that that Spirit would be with us right now as we come to look at your Word Please speak to us, please shape us and mould us so we can live your way. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, one thing I've noticed about the current crisis is that we all experience it and respond to it very differently. You know, for some of us, the lockdown is a a bit of a welcome rest and peace. The fast pace of city life has ground to a halt. Uh, There's more time with family. And if you're an introvert, you might even be loving staying at home in peace and quiet. I think for many others, the virus is chaos. But even where there might be a veneer of peace, I think if you scratch a little bit, things are really disrupted. For working parents, the demands are multiplied. Kids at home, working from home, caring for spouses and older parents, it's a huge challenge. For health workers among us, work is long and hard and there are very real risks. And many of us are isolated and craving human contact and interaction. Many have had their work situations severely disrupted, and others of us are finding close quarters with others challenging, or maybe even dangerous. And still others are fearful for their lives. A case of COVID-19 will literally kill us. Things are out of control and chaotic. So where do we find control and peace? Well, today's Bible passage, Luke 19, 28-40, shows us where we can begin to find something of control and peace in this chaos. So let's look at it together. The passage begins with Jesus arriving at Jerusalem in verse 28. And he arrives at the top of an opposite hill, the Mount of Olives. He looks out over the valley to the city of Jerusalem beyond. Now, this has been a long journey. Earlier in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus resolutely set his face towards Jerusalem and he began his journey then. Now, Jerusalem is the ancient city of the kings of Israel. And Jesus was coming from Galilee in the north to take his place as Israel's king in Jerusalem. And when he gets here, he continues to orchestrate his road to being Israel's king. So he sends out two disciples to the nearby town and he tells them to find a specific cult that's never been ridden. He tells them exactly the right words to say to the owners, the Lord needs it. And what happens? Well, it happens exactly as Jesus said it would. Jesus had this all planned out. But then Jesus does something extraordinary. He gets on the colt, and like the ancient kings of Israel before him, he rides towards the city with his followers around him. Now, this is a way of symbolizing his decision to take his place as Lord and King. And that's why his followers spread out their cloaks for him, like a makeshift red carpet. And it's why they cry out in verse 38, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. 
Now, this little piece of Jesus' story reminds us of something very important at this time, that Jesus is Lord and that he is in control. As I mentioned earlier, so much feels out of control right now. And the future is so uncertain. Who knows what the next six months or so will hold, let alone well into the future. We've made some progress in Australia by God's grace, but already at a huge cost. And all over the world, things are still ramping up, especially for those who are too poor or cramped to imagine anything like social distancing. Despite what the pundits might claim, we really don't know what lies ahead. It's like a, a thick fog, and who knows when it will clear. But what we do know is that despite all the unknowns, Jesus is Lord, and he has it all in hand. No matter how bad it gets, how restricted we feel, how much money we lose, how sick we get, or how many die. But what makes this even more profound and potent is this, that Jesus is in control even as he rides to his own death. Because he knew that that when he arrives in Jerusalem, its leaders would kill him. But Jesus doesn't try to avoid it. Rather, He orchestrates it. Jesus is Lord even into the depths of his own torture and death. When he's captured, bound, falsely tried, nailed to a cross, isolated, afraid, alone and abandoned. And so Jesus is our king even into the depths of our darkness, our fear and grief, our isolation and loneliness our frailty, and even our death. We can be sure that even when things seem most out of control, Jesus is Lord. You know, it's not only that Jesus has it in control, because his kingship isn't simply controlling like a totalitarian government, because he also came to bring peace. And that's the second thing that this passage shows us, that Jesus is the king who brings peace. And the multitude of disciples who followed Jesus, they yearned for peace. Most of them were from the area of Galilee, north of Jerusalem. And the whole region was controlled by the powerful arm of Rome. In earlier times, Jewish leaders had risen up in an attempt to seize independence. But each time they and their towns were crushed by the Roman legions. So these people, they were oppressed by harsh rulers. Many were poor and destitute, sick and afflicted, in conflict with others and alienated from God and his blessing. And so when Jesus, this king, comes to Jerusalem, they cry out in verse 38, Peace in heaven. And glory in the highest heaven. Peace in heaven. Now you might have heard the Hebrew term shalom. It's often translated as peace. And in some contexts, it's an extremely rich term involving peace with others, prosperity, good health, rich family life, 
and peace with God. And Jesus was bringing this shalom, healing, restoration, peace with God. And notice too in verse 37 that the whole multitude of the disciples, they began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the deeds of power that they had seen. And they're talking about Jesus' miracles. His miracles were glimpses of that peace, that life and restoration that he was coming to bring. He healed the sick. He cleansed the lepers of their disease. He made the paralyzed walk. He cast out demons. He forgave the sin that separated humanity from God. And he even raised the dead. But it was in his own death and resurrection that Jesus would definitively forgive sin, defeat death, and bring new life, healing, and restoration. And so through that, he brings us inner peace, but also peace with our world, our bodies, our minds, and most importantly, peace with our God. Now, I spoke before about the chaos of the virus. But, you know, that chaos and lack of peace, it didn't just arrive for us in the last month. Because this virus has simply exposed and amplified the lack of peace that was already in our lives. Conflict with people near us, our loneliness, our susceptibility to sickness, our mortality, and the fear and anxiety that comes with that. You know, and it's also exposed a fundamental crack between humanity and God. The virus is just another symptom of the way that the creation groans because we have turned our back on God. And it amplifies the sense that many of us have that something isn't right. The feeling that we have that there is a break between us and our Creator. And, you know, the the fear in this sometimes gets twisted. We fear that this crisis, the crises like these, that that it's God's last word to us, that it's an act of judgment to finally wipe us off the face of the earth. But Jesus says no. He is that king who offers peace, peace and reconciliation with God, peace and renewal of our creation of our relationships and our lives. Now, of course, this peace, it isn't immediate. Don't misunderstand me, because just as Jesus had to go through the suffering of the cross, so we too, as his followers, will experience more suffering. And so the final peace of restoration, renewal, and resurrection from the dead won't come until the last days when Jesus returns. But yet, still even now, Jesus does bring peace, even in our chaotic circumstances. He brings peace and friendship with God. Peace as we cast our anxieties onto him who loves us. Peace with each other as we live out the gentleness and forgiveness that he has shown to us. But there's one last part to this episode And it blows open what we usually think about the kinds of people who can have peace with God. 
Now, as I speak, you might be thinking that this control and peace that Jesus brings are really for a special set of people, for the religious insiders. You know, there, were, there were religious insiders in Jesus' day too, the Pharisees. You know, they were people who meticulously obeyed God's laws and traditions. And maybe a bit like our modern-day priests and churchgoers, and people who go to church every week, take communion, pray the prayers, and live in a religious way. Now, these Pharisees, they thought that God's peace came through obeying God's law and religious traditions perfectly, and not through Jesus. And they thought that this peace that it wasn't for a crowd of religious outsiders from the backwaters of Galilee. And so they say in verse 40, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. Pick up your clothes, turn the music down, go home, they say. But Jesus refuses them because Jesus knows that this peace isn't for religious insiders only. It's for anyone who follows his rule, his peace-bringing kingship. Jesus is the king who brings peace for everyone and anyone. Now, in the church, we are in, in, at a pivotal moment. Our church doors have been locked. Our meetings have been scattered. And in many ways, it's tragic. You know, we rightly long to meet together in a beautiful place to listen, pray, and worship together. But it also cracks us open. It shakes up our perception of who the religious insiders and outsiders really are. Now, you might be watching today and you normally think of yourself as a religious outsider. You don't like church much. You feel guilt or you feel doubt. But this story today tells you that Jesus' peace, that it's for you. Peace with God. Peace in yourself. Peace with others. All you need to do is like this multitude of Jesus' disciples, to follow him as your Lord and God. Now, on the other hand, you might think of yourself as a religious insider. You're a regular at St. Mark's or another church. You know you're not perfect, but you, know, you pray the prayers, take communion, sing the hymns. But this story today reminds us, religious insiders, that as good as those things are, what really matters is how we respond to Jesus. The real peace that we need won't be found when the church opens again and we are reunited, as good as that will be. The real peace is in following Jesus. So for all of us, where do we find control and peace? Well, things are going to keep looking pretty out of control and chaotic for a while yet. But we can know that Jesus is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. He has everything in hand. He can bring us peace now and he offers us peace forever for anyone and anyone who follows him. Thanks for listening. Please visit our website at www.stmarksdp.org to subscribe to our new episodes, browse more resources and find more information about the community of St Mark's.